citizens of the Universal Century, hello and welcome to episode 5 of 3 Times Faster, a Gundam podcast. I'm your host, Big Trey's fat uncle, Justin Meter, and joining me as always, my co-host and a collector of ancient Chinese vases, resident expert, Sean Fitzgerald. Ding! This is me flicking the vase. Ding! Then your eye lights up. Yeah, like, you're like, twinkle, oh, yes, yes this is Shin Dynasty. Uh, unlike uh, Makuve, I do not look like I was pulled through a taffy bar. So no. Machine, you, also, so. you also, you look like a well-fed Crypt Keeper. <laughs> like, did you just call me fat? No, I'm just, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, Makuve's got a whole weird yeah. purple-haired Skeletor vibe. Yeah. Going. I look like I eat anything. You look, <laughs> you look like you ate Makuve. Sure. I'm kidding. You're much more <laughs> handsome than Makuve. Sean, how you doing, man? Ah, uh, I'm still in pain, but I'm okay. Oh yeah, you get that back. Yeah. All about that back. All about that. Like we talked about that last it's, week. It, it got better, and then it feels like it's getting worse. So maybe it's healing. I, I think really that's. Know. I only injured my back once, and it was not nearly as bad as you, because yours was like an instant. Like oh yeah, within a couple hours, you were all ceased up and could not move. Yeah, that was what you got for Easter this year. Yeah. But uh, that was that was last week. This week, uh, I went back. I did go back to the office. I did discover that I have the world's most uncomfortable car heading to work. It's like it's been a nightmare every morning because it's just it's really uncomfortable. And I get to my desk and oddly enough my desk is fine I get up periodically walk around do you, do you have standing desks there or uh, i don't have them but if i could put a request in to get one also i don't like standing desks that's fair i just wonder if that would help i pulled my back doing you know you ever see like a piece of furniture and it's got and you're looking through the instructions to either like assemble it or whatever and it's got a warning on it that's very clearly like two people need to lift this right uh, like yeah you, I was like, I can do this. It was a server. I was putting into a server rack. Oh, you fool. And it was not, it was not, it was not like it was extremely heavy, but the the weight is just, is displaced weird in those. They're, they're very like back heavy. And you try to picking up from the front and then like, I just, I I mounted it, I mounted it by myself and I just, I should have just had somebody else help me, but I was like, oh, I can get it. It's not that heavy because it's not. Was I mean, this the server that, was this the right thing that returned? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. N- no, but this, this was when I worked back when I worked with you. Yeah. This was before I took my trip okay. to San Francisco. Okay. It would have been like probably four years ago. Because I remember now. they bought a server rack that and then it needed to be returned. Oh yes, was, because it was too tall for the building. It was just entirely too big for the building. Yeah. yeah. yeah could not get it through the door? No, yeah. that had nothing to do with me, thankfully. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> stories. Yeah. And so I did that like a few days before I took a trip to San Francisco. So I had to deal with my back sucks on an airplane, which so I feel you on like the long car rides because this was a cross country flight from from Boston to San Francisco. So, yeah. And uh, sometimes you walk out on depending on the plane that you're in. Yeah. These are these are full ass flights. Yeah. Cross country. I mean, it was okay. I'm not I'm. Unlike you, I'm not a tall man, so I don't have to worry about like, oh, I don't have leg room and all this. It just sucked having to sit for six I'm never, hours. I'm never comfortable on an airplane. Yeah. So. They're not designed for you. No. How do you, do you think you'd be comfortable inside of a Gundam? Like, I kind of wonder. So, well, Rio, general- Rio's a big guy and he can fit inside the um, core fighter pretty decently. Is he big though or is he big by like Japanese standards? Because that's, that's kind of what I wonder, like when, they, when they've when they done the drawing of all this stuff, right? Japanese or, or just uh, people of Asian descent in general, rule of thumb, mm-hmm. tend to be a little bit shorter, smaller stature, uh, you know, okay. a little more fit, a little thinner, right? Yeah. So, you know, airplanes are probably fine for them for the most part. Okay. Um, I mean, every once in a while you get a, you get a, yeah, yeah. you get your Yao Mings, right? Sure. He's seven foot something. True. True. 
But I, that's that's what I wonder is like, do you think you'd be comfortable inside the Gundam? Do you think the Gundam is built for comfort at all inside? Because it's they're spending a long period of time in there. No, but I guarantee you there are adjustments for the seat and cockpit. Do you think it's got one of those memory things like your wife's car where you can hit like setting one and two? So when Sailor gets in the Gundam, she's got her own. Yeah. Her legs the, can reach yeah, the pedals. But, but when I get in the Gundam after Sailor, the fucking the, the steering comes in and almost chops off my nuts. Like yeah. My wife's car. Yeah. Yeah. Um. yeah. <laughs> My car doesn't do that. Nobody else drives my car. Yeah, every time so I forget, I, I get in it and the steer, I, you, you put the key in the ignition. Yeah, you yelled this morning like, and, oh no, and no, this, no. And the steering wheel, because it's I'm already tight because the car is not on and the seat's all the way forward and it's like an electric seat so I can't turn it off. Like, I can't move it back until the car's on. Right. Um, plus I have the setting like it's saved so I don't want to touch it. And then the steering wheel will come down and the second I put the key in like, oh, that's crushing my nutsack. Yeah. And then eventually I can, and then eventually I can lean over it and grab the um, the setting, and everything was in the place. But it's always like, oh, oh, geez, oh god, if I'm not sitting in the right position, right. it's gonna like really press against it. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> welcome to the car. <laughs> I just that's the thing I wonder. Like, did, you know, they probably didn't get that right with the. What, what I, I think what I'm trying to say is my wife's Lexus is a little touchy feely. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of stuff they get right on like the second revision of the Gundam. Yeah, like. Like the first is very utilitarian. All, all the nobody sat nobody sat in it for a long period of time. They're just like I don't know, throw a fucking bucket seat in it. Who cares? Yeah, all the all the shortcomings that we're getting from the data from armor of fighting. Oh, maybe uh, maybe we use more armor or uh, what about like a like a fridge for you know for snacks? Yeah, well that's kind of what the Alex is. We'll get into that a little bit into um, War in the Pocket. Wait, what? Yeah, Gundam Alex. It's got a fridge in it. It's got a fridge. Oh no! Oh, okay. <laughs> we get into the improvements oh, based okay. on. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I can breathe again. Alex, All I right. think is it's designed for you know for armor to use. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I I thought we were talking about having a, like a Coke freestyle machine in the back of the Gundam because uh, that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. Put a little new fridge in there. Yeah. You know, I was so just before we get into this, I was going to say uh, last weekend, I think when I was here, did some searching. We were searching. I was looking for figurines. A that's right. Bit. And I just want to say, anybody listening to the podcast. If you want to, alongside me, express your displeasure (laughs) that there is not a high quality Fraubo figure on the market. They got Sela. They got Matilda. Hey, you want Girin? You want uh, Dozel? You got Char? You got Char? You got Rambaral? Yeah, you can spend 120 bucks on any of those and they look great. There's, um, I think it's R... God, I can't remember the name of it. It's like RHDX or something or RDH... RXHD. I don't know. There's a company that's like four letters mm-hmm. and they make all the really high quality like vinyl figurines that's or really whatever. Interesting. I'm not into the figures too much. I think most because I don't have space to put them. Um, I do like the Gunpla, which we know that. Yeah. But the actual figures themselves, I might pick up one or two at some point for my desk at work, but I also might not because I, I, uh, I used to have a bunch of stuff on my desk at work and then we moved buildings and I just never put anything back. It's all still in the trunk. Is it still in car. your trunk? Yeah. It I, think Daz, been, I think Daz is still in there. It's been like two years, man. Yeah. I should just clear out my trunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of trunks, this is not a Dragon Ball Z podcast. Oh, wrong, wrong trunks. Uh, the fusion dancing here. here. Should I try it again? Uh, speaking of trunks, you know who's got some junk in that trunk? Lady Hammond. Does she? I don't know. I don't know. Can't tell from the drawing, but okay. uh, okay. she got some baggage based on what, there we go. what, what just right, happened. Cool. <laughs> We're going to start things off here. <laughs> based on the last episode, she's got some baggage to deal with, yeah. that's for sure. This is episode 21, Sorrow and Hatred. Mm. This one uh, kicks things off. This, this whole little arc here, this is... 
Lady Hammond trying to get some revenge, and and then this leads into uh, eventually like a, a, this this mythical Odessa day everyone's yeah. been talking about for quite a while. So. Yeah, if you were listening to the last podcast, we kind of it's not really a cliffhanger, but this one starts right where the last one left off. Yeah, so we have just lost Ramba Raw, right? And Lady Hammond is out for revenge, out for blood. She's hanging out with uh, Lieutenant Tashi. Oh, I'm gonna go to Tashi Station, pick up some power converters. You can waste time with your friends with your shorts on. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, oddly enough, they're hanging out in a desert too, much like Tatooine. <laughs> and uh, Tashi comments to Hammond that Makuve has been less than cooperative. They've, I think they've been kind of asking for like reinforcements, a little bit of help to try yeah, and take we, back white We base. know, the viewer knows that Makuve has been purposely less than helpful. Yes, they don't know. Right. Hammond's been suspicious this whole time. Right. That Makuve may be setting them up for failure or covering something up, but... No real proof on her end, but we know. She wants to avenge Rambaral, and she she obviously can't count on Makuve. So her and Tashi basically come up with this plan to use the remaining forces that they have. Um, yeah, they want to do it quickly because White Base is currently trying to repair itself. So the Hammonds like, we got to do this quick while they're trying to repair. Like, don't right. take any time. Sean, we also have like a little intimate moment here with Lady Hammond. She's in the shower. She's taking a little shower, and she comes out and... Hammond's got legs. Four days. Four days. <laughs> we then cut to the white base to see the only thing that the gun tank is good for, which is holding up the gun cannon so they can reach an area of the white base to do repairs. <laughs> you know what? I think maybe if we ever do get a gun tank, Gunpla, we should get a gun cannon one and just stand it, on, just top stand it on top of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this is, this is the gun tank position right here. Back on the ship, Frabo's checking on Ryu, who, if you remember in the last episode, uh, got shot in the belly. Yeah. Uh, gut, by Rumba Raw. Gut wound. Doesn't yeah. really, yeah. Now Ryu's not doing too hot. He's, he's sweating. And Haro even says, you are in bad shape. Yeah. Haro is very honest, if nothing else. <laughs> Horror's like, um, horror reminds me of like the honesty of a child. We have having a kid. This happens every now and then. Like, oh, like you're keeping like, oh, you look terrible. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> I <Sport>. feel terrible. <laughs> now leave daddy alone. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, the innocent, like he doesn't mean anything bad by it. But also like, if you could not be so brutally honest <laughs> right now, really appreciate it. See, let me tell you about fibbing, <laughs> right? Like sometimes lying's okay. Yeah. When grown-ups say so. Mommy says, Aunt Sally looks like a slut sometimes. Okay. Okay. We're going to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's past your bedtime. It's three in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not tired. Yes, you are. Uh, we also learned something not really important here, but we learned that. Haro is apparently a boy. Or yeah, we've gendered Haro. Or at least uh, up until this point, he was a non-binary uh, robot. Right. Right. Which is funny for a number of reasons. Binary being. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That was a, that was a, uh, that ah. those layers to that joke. It's like a good cake. It's it's not really important. It just uh, Ryu makes some throwaway comment about how yeah. Haru is programmed for being honest or yeah. Like, like he says he, he says he's like oh yeah no I, I know I look like shit thanks Haru yeah he says something to the effect of like oh he's really honest so he's gendered right or not that it should matter but no, no. <laughs> it's just like oh okay cool now we know Haru I would have ass- I would is a dude dubot I would have assumed by the pitch of voice lady but that's you know whatever how dare you assume Haru's <sighs> I know <laughs> well, I'm a bad person. <laughs> Ryu basically asks Frau to lie to the crew and say that he's doing quite well. He's clearly not. And he also asks about Amuro. He wants to know if Bright threw Amuro back at the brig, 
which he did. Yeah. So cutting back to the last set of episodes, if you remember, Amaro kind of went AWOL. Yes. And so when he returned, his sentence was what, like three days in the brig or yeah. something, or maybe it was an indeterminate amount of time. I think they gave Sayla three days in the brig for her. Yeah. They, for they just throw Amaro the brig. They don't say how long yeah. um, Amaro, obviously uh, still not quite understanding the impact of his departure. Really highlighting how much Amaro sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, there are so many names of mobile suits that is that are thrown around throughout this group of episodes mobile suits mobile suits and ships and tanks uh, and yeah okay just i feel like one thing that this this series i've noticed and maybe this continues to the other series i don't know is a lot of the characters will do that thing where it's like they're going to purposely use someone's first name even though that person is not at all important and maybe dies a scene later or whatever right yeah or they're going to name like oh we got these reinforcements and these are what they are and it's like they don't point to which one is which right so it's like i just yeah. they name all the red shirts essentially kind of yeah they name they name everybody and anybody who has any screen time and most of the time they die within the next 10 minutes see because i wrote, <laughs> i wrote this note here which separated from these episodes for a little bit because we watched them a little while ago. I wrote, Hammond's crew has two Samsons. And when I read that, I was like, there's two dudes named Samson on her crew? No, no. Samson's like a Zeon fighter yeah, thing. I think it's the thing that carries the goofs, maybe? I don't know. That might be. Not I'm more familiar, obviously, with the make and models of the mobile suits than I am the ships. Um, there's just like a lot of like tank names. Right. And we like we got the Gallop yeah, in got, this. And we got the big Troy. We got the fat uncle. Yeah, right? <laughs> Dragonfly, that comes up a little bit. Anyway, I don't remember what the Samsons are, but I noted them here. Yeah. We have two of them. Woo! She also has an even pinker normal suit than Char. Did we establish that normal suit was the, the uh, nomenclature I, we were going I, with? I explained either they, they generally call them normal suits, the spaces okay. they're in. I'm pretty sure Hammond's is purple. Uh, like her whole suit is like a purple. You know what? I'm not going to argue with you because you're, the, you're the color guy. Yeah. This photo of her helmet here, this is definitely purple and it's got like this. It's got like a pink crest on it. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it's purple like lavender. All right. Well, whatever color it is, it's it's the only normal suit that's been more effeminate than, it just than speaks, Lady Shars. It just speaks to like how, I guess, even on both sides, because Armour has the only white pilot suit that I remember. Yeah. Particularly on the Zian side, like there's no uniform, uniformity. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shar nope. like, doesn't even look like he's in the same military right? as like, everybody else. Overall has like a blue uniform, right? And he still has the um, the Xeon yep. shoulder lapels and stuff like that. Hammond doesn't wear a uniform. Hammond doesn't wear it because she's not regular military. So Hammond addresses Rumble Rawl's remaining forces. Mm-hmm. Kind of gives them an idea of what's going on. Like this is the plan of attack. She's giving a uh, real motivational speech. She uh, is. And the, the thing that's weird is she's giving this rousing speech and then doesn't seem present during it. She's sort of thinking about Ramba Rawl. Yeah, her mind drifts uh, off to thoughts of Ramba Rawl, whether or not she uh, deserved a man as good as Ramba Rawl. Yeah. Or if, even if his troops deserved a man as good as Ramba Rawl. If anyone deserved Ramba Rawl, it certainly wasn't her. Or was it? I don't know. Uh. Spoilers. No one deserved Ramba Rawl. No. Ramba Rawl is awesome. Speaking of people no one deserves, Ryu's back up on his feet on white base, but he he's walking out to the bridge and everyone notices like, Oh God, what are you doing up? And then he kind of collapses. He makes a dumb comment about how like, this is part of my recovery. Yeah, you know, it's I gotta, my rehabilitation. I, I gotta move around. Ah. Keep the blood flowing. You know, guy, come on. <laughs> he's not doing great. It's very apparent that he's, no. he is not doing well, but he's out on the bridge because he wants bright to let Amro out of the brig. Yeah. Um, he, he even goes so far as to ask Bright why he put Amuro back in the brig. Sort of. It doesn't come out and like, directly like question his superior's actions, but he just he does in a roundabout way. 
that makes kind of bright think about it. Bright has a quote here that I don't know if I'm, if I have it exactly here, but he says, if you cage a tiger sooner or later, he'll be tame. And when Bright's comparing Amuro to a tiger, Ryu puts it together. He's, he's actually, he's afraid of Amuro. He's seen this kid lash out. He knows what he's capable of. Right. I think he knows he's not capable of the same things, even if he, you know, pushed himself as hard as this he This is a bit of a turning point for how Bright will treat Amuro going forward. We'll see this in, in the upcoming episodes where he goes from kind of scolding Amuro a lot as like a spoiled brat because he is yeah. on some level to like Amuro can do no wrong and how dare you speak up against him. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Back in his uh, cell, Amro's dreaming of Matilda. Dreams of Matilda. He's remembering back to when she called him a psychic. And, yeah. then, and then there's a knock at the door and it's Ryu. And he's, he's uh, I think, more fallen into the door than knocked on it. He's kind of leaned up against it. Yeah, it's like a thud and Amro goes to the door. And we're like, Hello? Who's there someone there? there oh, then- it's Ryu. He's on the ground. <laughs> Ryu, what are you doing? <laughs> and he wants to know if... if Amuro feels any resentment towards Bright and explains to him that he thinks Bright is scared of him. Uh, yeah, he, well, Amuro he, says he doesn't, he does not actually feel any uh, resentment towards Bright. He understands Bright's decision. Okay, this, so we, we see some growth in Amuro here. Yeah, uh, which finally. B- bra- you know, bra- bravo. <laughs> finally. About <laughs> fucking time. We're 20-something episodes in. You finally <laughs> matured a little bit. Some character growth. Only took literally half the course of the series. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, then Rio makes a comment to Amuro like, uh, Bright's fucking terrified of you. Yeah, he's been comparing you to a tiger. A tiger. Isn't that funny? <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. You, a tiger. Come on, you're a pussycat. <laughs> and then he, he's trying to get back up and then Sayla sees him in the hall and he kind of collapses and then Frau Bo is there as well and, and her and Sayla are trying to help him back to bed. Mm-hmm. We then start to get a little bit of insight into the exact plan of attack that the Zeons are going for here. Right. They refer to it as a drill attack, but it's basically they pull this move where they kind of surround the white base, right? And they attack it from multiple points. And then all of a sudden they just stop and they focus on one point and that's it. So I think it's sort of meant to like spread the forces out, maybe confuse them a little bit. I, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't know if there's, maybe this is an actual attack style. If, if I if I recall correctly, they, they attack an area to focus the enemy, in this case, the white base to send reinforcements to that area. Then they proceed to attack multiple multiple areas at once to confuse and disperse the enemy. And then after that, they focus all their attack on a different area. Um, and that way they penetrate and eventually overwhelm the base. Gotcha. So it's, it's a means of attacking the ship and dispersing the enemy's reinforcements so they can't adequately respond. I think they do a bad job of explaining the attack. They because, do it very briefly. Cause, yeah. cause it's actually smart. It's actually smart what they end up doing, mm-hmm. but they don't do a good job of explaining no. it here. <laughs> as, as with most of the show, they right. don't do a, the exposition, yeah. which is meant to explain a lot of things, isn't the best. No, it's not great. Immediately after this, the Zeons are just, they're lighting up White Base out of nowhere. It, we're immediately in battle, but it's just one Zaku. And he's like, the Zeons are acting stupid. Like they're, they're overconfident or something. I don't, I don't know why. And then uh, he over engages in, in gun cannon. He kind of like, chases down this single Zaku and then realizes like, oh shit, that was just the first Zaku of many, many a Zaku. Did, did you say he was in? Yeah, Kai. So he he kind of does, I, I think I've used this analogy once before, but he kind of does the Star Wars, A New Hope, Han Solo, Chewbacca run. And like, oh yeah, we're going to chase these guys down. And then suddenly there's a lot more of them. Than yeah. they, oh shit. <laughs> um, and then we have Hayato in Job John out in Gun Tank. Job and, John. Good old Job John in Gun Tank. Right. And as always, I have noted here that Gun Tank is useless. Yeah. Uh, just as a reminder, friendly reminder to the audience, Gun Tank sucks. <laughs> Ryu is on white base and he's still on his way to his bed and, and white base is, you know, getting lit up. So it's, it's kind of shaky and stuff. 
and they're, I think uh, Frabo and Sailor are trying to help him up some steps um, mm-hmm. when the attack starts. And he orders Sailor to go open Amaro's cell. He says he'll take full responsibility for whatever happens, but he seems to be the only person on White Base that realizes, like, they need Amaro. They do. Begrudgingly. Yeah. Other people can pilot Gundam. That's fine. But Amaro is Am- Amaro, the reason that they have survived this long. Amaro, yeah, is the reason they survived this long and is the one who can pilot the Gundam to the best of its ability. Absolutely. Unfortunately, Sailor doesn't have the code for the cell, so she has to talk to Bright anyway. Yeah. And at this point, she says, like, Look, Ryu, Ryu said he'll take responsibility. I'll take So will I. Yeah. Yeah. So he gives her the code. It's F36. <laughs> And then she gets Amaro out of the cell and is basically like, look, we need your help. Right. We're under attack. Amaro is very cooperative at this point. Like, again, you, you're starting to see that growth happen. Yeah, right. There's like, no just like the previous episode where they told him, like, you're, you're going on the cannons, the like the starboard cannons. That's and, right. Yeah. And he's like, OK, yep. yep. And, she, I'm on and he's helping uh, Sela out yeah. via the, the comm system. Yep. It's the same thing. Here. Yep. OK, I'll go. Thank you. Outside, Hammond is charging full steam ahead towards Kai and... Amuro has to launch out in the core fighter because Gundam's not ready. So if you remember, they're still under white base and everything is still under repair from right. the previous attack. Um, and I guess the mechanics, they, they make a note that a lot of the mechanics were injured and haven't been able to, um, weren't able to start repairs on yeah. a lot of different, I don't know, I, I assume Gundam or. Yeah, but Sailor ends up getting wind of this, explains to Bright that Amuro's got to actually has to launch in the core fighter because Gundam's not ready. And Bright makes this stupid snide comment. Well, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck he wants anyway. Yeah. And Sailor's like, not now. Yeah, children, <laughs> children, calm the fuck down. We, now we, is not the time. <laughs> we're going to get a lot of that from Sailor. Yeah, we do. In this, in this arc of episodes of just like Sailor taking charge. Um, I think it was quite a few episodes ago. It might've been like episode one or two, but I, I made that comment about how Sailor seems stoic. stoic. Sailor. Yeah. Yep. In comparison to a lot of the crew she's just very cool under pressure when they are not. It's almost like she's been through some shit. It's almost like she's been through some shit. <laughs> I still don't know what, but you do, <laughs> but I don't. So Amaro launches out in the core fighter again, cause Gundam's not ready and bright makes a snide remark. And then he doesn't think they stand a chance without Gundam. That's, that's bright's other thing. Bright has continued to march. I mean, that's why Amaro left to begin with, right? Because he had that whole arc where he was like, no, Haito and I are going to go out and gun tank, even though Bright sent us out and gunned them. Right. But here's the thing. Bright's not wrong. Like every episode, every problem is solved by Gundam. Yep. Bright is clearly the, I mean, it's almost like it's in the name of the show. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like Bright has watched the show. Yeah. Right. And has, Put this together. It's like that bit in Spaceballs where like he reads ahead in the script. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brad has read ahead in the script. And he goes, you know, we could just skip the gun can and gun tank part and go straight to Gundam uh, and then just win. This I mean, be- we're we're going to do that in about five minutes anyway. So yeah. why don't we just do that now? Yeah. You know, cut to commercial, come back. <laughs> so Amaro basically tells the other soldier like, hey, just I'm going to go out in uh, the core fighter, just launch the parts when they're ready, you know, because they want to reuse that sweet docking animation. <laughs> you love so much. I love it. So Ryu is with just Frabo now. Yeah. Again, they're, trying they're to stumbling back up to um, the med bay and another explosion kind of rocks the ship a little bit. Ryu tells Frau, like, if you have any experience pulling a trigger, go help with the guns. I'll make it back. I'll be fine. Yeah. It's a ruse. Oh, it totally is. Ryu's played everyone. <laughs> He has a conversation with another injured soldier about how his injury, he, he makes some comment of like the other soldiers like, Hey, shouldn't you be in bed? He's like, well, my injuries don't mean anything. If the ship's up, go, you know, goes up in flames. Right. right? Like we're, if we're all going to die, then who cares about what's going on here? Even he, though, even though that other soldier's like, really, you're worse off than all of us combined. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? What are you bed? doing? <laughs> 
He's very clearly tricked Sela and Frau into leaving him. And I don't know how, I don't know how he knows that. I don't know how he knows that the gun tank has been out of commission. So we glossed over it a little earlier and that's fine because gun tank sucks, but I believe it's tread or something got blown off. Yeah. One of the, one of the treads got blown off on um, the gun tank. So it's, it's now stationary. It's not stationary. So they've, with, it, I think just hide it to in it. Right. And it's, I, and again, I think it's facing the wrong way. <laughs> it's just stationary. Yeah. Yeah. Cause doesn't Hayato send Job John out in like another, cause it's all modular now. It's all right? modular, so he, yeah. I think he sends Job John out. Cause he's like, don't worry. I have my turret now. I still got ammo. Right. Or some, something along those lines. Correct. Yeah. We did gloss over that, but somehow this information has made it back to Ryu. Somehow he knows. Cause maybe he's also an, uh, an Esper. <laughs> <laughs> he could be. And the second that Frabo has left his side, uh, and he's finished this conversation. He uh, takes off in a buggy to go get gun tank moving again. Right. While this is going on, the Gundam modules become ready. And so they're launching the parts without gun parry for the first time. So this is like a slightly different conversion animation, I guess, because we don't, they're using like the catapult on the white base to launch the parts out, which Correct. is kind of a neat strategy. White base is grounded at this point, though. They, they've not been able to take off. And they've now got a Zaku just literally just like axing open the side of it, like trying to peel this thing open like a tin can. Mm-hmm. And so Amaro sees this. He's in Gundam now. And he, and he, and he, he gets in close, uh, but he gets literally run into by the vehicle that Hammond's driving. I don't remember the name of it. I think I, think I actually noted it later down. But it's not a Gallop, but she's in some other sort of vehicle. And she literally just like rams him. So now he's pinned between her and the Zaku. Right. And the Zaku's like, yeah, it's this, it's this ridiculous big transport storage co- container transport thing that they've jerry-rigged some, um, what do they call it? The Magella Tops? Yeah. yeah. They've jerry-rigged some Magella Tops at the top of it as like makeshift turrets. But it's, it's this hovercraft, and that'll be important in a minute. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> she's controlling it somehow from like one of the Magella Tops, and then some other Magella Tops fly off the top of that, and shit's about to go real south real quick. Yes, so now that Amaro is pinned in between this Zaku and this other vehicle, the Zaku is like, oh, I'm just going to cut the Gundam in half. Right. Screw white base. Like, let's get the Gundam. And he's uh, he's not in a good way. Amaro does manage to pull off a really cool shot here, though. There's a Magella top that's like flying by and he somehow like gets the gun at like point blank range of the Zaku and like pushes it up and shoots through both the Zaku right. he, and the Magella top at right. the he same like, time. He like suplexes the, the Zaku like over him kind of almost throws it, almost throws it at the Magella top and then shoots through both of them. It's pretty cool. And even Haman's like, he just took out, what the, yeah. what the two, fuck Two pilots at once. Another Magella top comes in and, and is now pinned him in again, mm-hmm. right against that vehicle. And this is when we learned that that vehicle that Haman's piloting is filled with explosives. So the plan is ram this thing into the side of the white base and then detonate. Not it. only is it filled with explosives, um, Hammond is in this new Magella top that has now pinned him behind. I think he, she shoots once or twice into Amaro to really hum her home. Like, yeah, you're stuck and you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> So we now know that like they're going to try and get a twofer here mm-hmm. and pin the Gundam up against white base and detonate and so they can the get, just get all everybody at once. And it cuts to like a theoretical scene where all that shit's blowing up. But again, our boy Ryu. Ryu out of nowhere. Out of nowhere on this one. Ryu launched at some point in a core fighter. And he takes the core fighter from the gun tank. That's right. Yeah. So they're free. He's trying to free gun tank. And he, we, t- he takes the core fighter we, from we it. Find out, we found this out a, uh, specifically a little later. That's right, yeah. Uh, but he does take the core fighter from the gun tank and he rams into the Magellatar the Hammond is in. Killing both of them. Killing both of them. Luckily freeing the Gundam. And we, we, we cut to a scene where everyone but Armoro <laughs> knows that it's Ryu. We cut to, everyone, oh my God, it's Ryu. Oh shit, Ryu just did that. Oh my God, Ryu. And then we cut to Armoro and Armoro's like, who was that? Not yet. 
We do cut to that, and then Amuro takes care of the transport. He realizes it's a hovercraft, cuts off one of the engines. It starts spinning like crazy. He kicks it out of the way. Then he asks Sayla, who was in the uh, fighter, to, again, to, re- to re-clarify. And Sayla's right. like, uh, brace yourself, because it was totally Ryu. Yeah, he thinks she's kidding. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, she's not. She's not kidding. It's very sad. The battle's over, but they've lost Ryu. And so we kind of cut to the wreckage of his core fighter. And the whole crew is out there and everyone's in tears. Um, Everyone. Yeah. Job John. Yeah. It starts off with Job John blam- blaming himself because he let Ryu switch with him to get the core fighter out of gun tank. Hi, to makes a comment. If gun tank wasn't so goddamn useless, I don't know if he actually, if he actually says that, <laughs> but uh, he might as well have. If, uh, I wasn't, <laughs> if I wasn't so useless and also the gun tank pilot. <laughs> Amara blames himself. Bright blames himself. He Bright says, bl- he says, I got Ryu too worked up. Yep, he got him too worried about Amaro. Um, Sayla blames herself because she left him to go let Amaro out of the brig. Um, Everyone's very upset. Everyone's on their knees crying. This is the, kind of the first time we've seen an emotion out of Bright that isn't rage <laughs> or like disapproval or or annoyance. Yeah, yeah, at least directed towards anyone that's not Mira. Right. And then Bright sort of steps in here and he's like, no, Ryu's dead because we're all inexperienced. Like, that's it. It's not any one person's fault. We we all screwed we up. All need to be, well, we, we'll all learn from this. We will be better. Yeah. But it sucks right now. This scene hit me pretty hard. Yeah. I I, I like. Remember, I remember talking about this with you after the fact. You were like, oh, you liked Ryu. We, we all do. Yeah. It's meant to be the first death that um really impacts you. Yeah. I think like, obviously, Rama Rawl's death was impactful for different reasons. Yeah. He was um, the first enemy that you felt sympathetic towards. Yeah, because he wasn't a dick. Because he wasn't an absolute monster. Right. But they portrayed most of the other. Yeah, the most, most, most of, of not, not Big John and Little John, who's a family man. The family guest. You know? <laughs> wouldn't understand. But yeah, Rama Raw being the first enemy that you're like, oh, maybe, maybe they're not all terrible. Maybe they are human. Maybe they are a little bit of, you know, yeah. And, uh, and then an episode later, we lose Ryu. Yeah. Um, spoilers. This arc of episodes is, uh, we lose some other people. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess if anything good comes out of it, it's that in his death, they sort of find a renewed purpose. Amaro's like, we got to keep fighting. Like, that's what this means. Yeah, the last we few, have to fight harder. The last few episodes, everyone's like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. And they're all like contemplating on leaving. Yeah, Amaro's abandoned everything and everyone and, thinks he's a traitor. And, and even Hayato and Kai ran off and, yep. um, to only get their ass kicked by Ryu to yeah. bring them back. <laughs> but now everyone's like, oh yeah, we, we know what's at stake now. Right. We all have a renewed purpose to continue to fight. And uh, and that's because of Ryu. Mm-hmm. Which leads us into episode 22, The Trap of Mukube. Hey everyone, I'm Co-Pilot. And I'm Lone Star, and you're listening to Three Times Faster. And since you're a Gundam fan, you might be interested in our podcast, Betty Scum. It's an RPG podcast where we pretend to be stupid characters badly. So if you want more Gundam without all the hassle of listening to Sean and Justin's voices, check out Betty Scum, releasing every other Tuesday on your favorite podcast streaming service. So this intro did a little bit of explaining of like how the sides were named. It's not incredibly important. I put some really unclear notes here. Um, yeah, I remember pausing this and trying to. Yeah, we were trying to piece together like later on other series, other series later on kind of further explain 
the different sides and what side was assumed to be used in Operation British, which I believe is either two or four, depending on who you ask. Yeah. Um, yeah what side three there. is Xeon. Side seven is where they came from. Side six is neutral. It's it, yeah, it's all the place. It's all over the place. But I guess, I guess the real beginning is we start off with Amaro fighting a goof and he misses it and the goof gets away. He makes some comment about how like, Oh, I don't think Bright's going to be super stoked that I missed that. Yeah. Back on the bridge, a very sweaty Bright is clearly not doing well. He's like stammering through replying to the operators. They're, they're kind of asking him for orders and he's doing a lot of like stammering and then like second guessing himself or changing his mind immediately after. It's very unlike Bright. Yeah. And we find out he's uh, not feeling so good. Yeah, he's a little fatigued. The uh, Ryu's death, probably the la- final straw. Yeah. Uh, Amro outside is also not doing too great. He manages to best the goof while Guntank takes out a Magella. But Thanks for doing something, Guntank. Yeah. <laughs> back on the bridge, Bright collapses after ordering their return. So he's like, hey, gun- send Gundam and Guntank back. And then he faints. Right. We then cut to Makuve having a conversation. He's uh, he's upset that he's just lost two more bases. And also that someone named Elron, not not Elron Hubbard, but, but Elron. <laughs> Elran. Yeah. Um, has not been able to deliver anything useful. That's the comment that he makes. And he's upset about the loss of his bases and says he's going to have to take care of White Base himself. Yeah, the, the gentleman he's talking to makes a comment like, well, we weren't expecting White Base to attack. He's annoyed with whoever this Elron gentleman is, not giving him enough information. We find out he's talking to a man named Judoc, and he orders Judoc to tell Elron to slow Federation advances down for the day. And then he comments, there, there was an inter- interesting comment here that you explained to me, and it, it'll become clear throughout the episode, so I don't think we need to explain it here, but he tells Judoc that he should fix his collar because his Federation colors are showing. Whoops. Huh. Yeah, uh, as I as I explained in way more words to you, it's a very, it's strongly implied here that Judoc is a double agent. He is a spy. Yeah. Then we have this fun little relief scene here. Little little comic relief. We're back on White Base and Frau's trying to bathe the kids. Yeah. If you if you saw this during the original release in the States, this scene was cut for obvious reasons. Frau and the the chillin, the, all the all the three orphans, they are in a the shower. They all are Frau is helping them all get washed. They're not never nudes, is they're, what you're saying. They're not never nudes. Yeah, <laughs> they're all, we, we see in, in 1979 animation glory, we see all, everything. And this just again speaks to Japanese culture. Yeah, it's like, cultural differences, right? Like it's how just, unmodest they they help each other bathe and it's, you know, bathhouses over there. Right. All that lovely stuff. But Frau is trying to help the kids get bathed. The English here <laughs> makes zero sense. Yeah, the, this was dubbed whether it was cut in the actual TV release it was dubbed for like the, you know the Blu-ray release and the dub here is kind of nonsensical compared to the actual yeah translation. like like Kika has fallen in the sh- the bath area yeah. and then gets back up and one of the boys is like it's oh either, it's he- either Let's or what the other one I can't remember the other one's name cats cats, cats yeah, and Let's I think yeah I, yeah the cats and Let's points out like oh well she fell again she's got dirt in her chest yeah so you gotta wash her here and he puts his hand where her breasts would be she's right. a young girl so she does not have them and then she bursts out into tears and Frau scolds him right. But the Japanese is not this is not. And it's, <laughs> it's super funny. Yeah. And it's literally him just making the observation as a young man. Hey, um, if kick is a girl and you're a girl, how come kick is flat here and you're not? <laughs> and kick and then kick rightfully embarrassed. Right. Upset. Looks and at Frau Bo's breasts, looks at her own chest and then just bursts out crying. Makes a lot more sense. It's kind of funny. Frau scolds the kids like you are not naughty, naughty little kids. Yeah. How do, come on. Yeah. She chases the boys. <laughs> They exit there and then out in the hallway, they meet Amaro and Haito, who I've, I've remarked here are smelly. Yeah, this is the, the follow up, the last thing, because they just showered. They, they meet Hayato and Amaro. 
now that we can't smell ourselves, all we smell is you. Yeah. And we'll come <laughs> like, oh, you guys need a need a shower. Yeah. And Amaro and Hayato comment like they don't have time for that. Yeah, we don't have time. We're we don't have time for that. Uh, we're, we're gross teenage boys. We don't have time. Kids, if you're listening at home, you always have time. Always. Wash your ass. Wash it. <laughs> and if you're going to a convention, wash it twice. Oh my every God, day. Please. So Amro is looking for Brighton Mirai and he finds I them. I can't remember why. I don't really either. It's, a, it's just a weird aside. I think just really to show that Bright's in the sick bay. Yeah. He sees that they're in the sick bay and Mirai's like, can I help you? And he's all like, no, bro, I'm good. Then there's a scene that happens outside white base. This is funny. A, a weird kind of scene. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of Xeon troops and they have jetpacks strapped to them. And one of the Xeon troops is commenting to the other about his watch. And he's like, no, don't worry. My watch is all plastic. Just like all of this stuff that we're wearing is all plastic. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to, um, they don't want to be set off any sort of metal detection uh, on the white base. They don't want to go in. Like, they're trying to avoid unseen, radar uh, unseen. And he, he makes the comment like, you need to leave. You got to take that watch off. He's like, no, it's all plastic. You know, like this jet pack. Yeah. All this stuff. And this helmet. And this computer <laughs> that this we have over here. computer that we have. Yeah. It's all plastic. All the explosives we and, have. And it plastic. Very, it very well may be, you know, future plastics. Like all carbon fiber. Future plastics, future man. Future plastics. Who knows? Who knows, man? But the point is, they're hiding in like a canyon area and they're waiting for white base to go overhead so that way they can jet onto white base, set explosives, and then jet off of white base yes. and detonate them. And they managed to do this completely undetected. They jump onto white base in a fashion less dramatic than Rio. <laughs> Jumping onto white base, no scream. Right. <laughs> Plant the explosives and then all signal to each other and jet off. Then we're back in the sick bay with Bright and it's being explained that like he's got to rest for a few days. Like he's just exhausted. This will pass, but the... Battle has taken its toll on him. And while that's being explained, the explosives detonate. And so the operators note that they're ECM transmitters, which I don't know what those are. Um, Essentially, the ship can't can no longer produce Monotsky particles to hide from radar. Yeah. Traditional radar. Which makes them detectable. However, they do note that their own radar has not been damaged, which will be important later. So Bright has left Mirai kind of in charge by default here. He has not officially relinquished command to her. That'll happen soon. But no, but what we do see in the next following scenes is <laughs> just how catty Mira and Sayla can be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Particularly Sayla. <laughs> Mirai starts giving orders because they have launched dops. <laughs> Throw more dops. More dops. 20 dops. There's <laughs> there's 20 dops incoming. And so they send Amaro and Hayato out in the core fighters to intercept. When they get out there, they realize, oh, crap, there's a there's another there's a second there's dop a second, formation. Yeah. There's too many dops. Too many dops. Not Some, too many dops for uh, core fighters to handle. Right. And the Dops are just launching missiles into White Base. Yeah. So this is, again, this is after the explosives have already gone off, done some damage, right? There were some fires and they're smoking at us some areas. Mira is showing how green she is, like strategy and command here because she knows she's fucked up. Yeah. And she's kind of, now she's second guessing herself. Bright is in the sick bay and he's trying to move, but he can't. And he sort of collapses back into the bed and then he orders Ryu to cover the port side with gun cannons. Uh, and Ryu's not there, buddy. He's not there, dude. Bright's like hallucinating, basically, yeah. at this point. So this is where it really shows. Mirai makes a dangerous choice and decides that Amuro should convert to Gundam in midair right here. So they've converted to Gundam using gun parry. Mm-hmm. They've converted to Gundam when white base is on the ground mm-hmm. and launched the parts at it, but they have not done it from white base catapulting the, the Gundam parts to the Gundam. To the Gundam. And they haven't done it with a air battle going on. Right. They've done it with a ground battle, but they have not done it with an air battle going on. 
And this is kind of where sales like, this is a dumb idea. Why would you do this? Amaro struggles a little bit to get this procedure going. He, he says that the modules are coming in too fast and that they're rushing. Mm-hmm. But he does, of course, manage to. You know, because he's Amaro. Because he's Amaro. Yeah. He manages to get things uh, to get things going. And now he's in a Gundam freefall. And they're up against a uh, Xeon ground force. Yeah. Suddenly Xeon ground force. Yep. We cut to Makuve and we find out this is kind of part of the plan. So Makuve has purposely left their radar intact because that means that the white base will more than likely go where their radar dictates is the best course of action. And it's leading them into, as the name of this episode would suggest, a trap. Right. So like you said, they rely on their radar to take the best escape route. There's all kinds of battle going on. There's 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 some goofs showing up. Gun cannon runs out of ammo after Gundam is able to take out one of the first ones. So gun cannon's like immediately useless. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Amaro does this cool move where he like hides behind a boulder that he's thrown. So he like throws a boulder, jets Gundam behind it. And then when the goof shoots the boulder because it's coming at him, surprise, Gundam's behind it with his beam saber out. What up? What's up? He beam sabers the shit out of that goof. Yeah, there's a great bit here, though, because it's comic relief a little bit here with the the pilot of the goof. The Gundam runs out of the beam saber energy. So he just kind of like jabs it into the in the cockpit of the goof. And then the pilot's like, ah, and he kind of shimmies on the leg and hides behind another boulder. Oh, no, that's yeah, that's the second one. Yeah, he starts to like rip it apart. Yeah. Yeah. So after after he destroys the first goof. This, he just takes to the second one with his hands because he's he's out of he's, he's out of beam saber yeah. energy at that point. And so, like like you were saying, the pilot then uh, panics. Man, panics. Very, very, again, very nineteen seventies comic. Oh jeez. Oh, oh, yeah, and he just sort of like shimmies down the leg of the goof and gets out of there. Yeah. Uh, so Mira real realizes at this point that she has screwed up and orders them to retreat. And now Sela's directly questioning her orders and Mira kind of loses her cool here on Sela. And then Sela makes some comment that like she wishes Ryu were here. Mm-hmm. They then ask uh, Hayato and Amuro how soon they can be ready. And they're pretty pissed because they've just come back. They're pissed. And but the interesting like, thing Ooh. here is while Sela is giving Mira a ration of shit for the decision she's been making, uh, she doesn't let on to Amuro and Hayato that she's also questioning the orders that they're giving. Right. Amuro makes it a uh, comment like, these orders don't make any goddamn sense. Like, maybe next time give us orders that make sense. Yeah. And did, she yeah. says, like, oh, we've looked into it. Please don't question what the fuck's going on here. I just did, but you don't. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Again, just trying to save, I think, face for Mirai a little bit, even though she'll, she'll in the immediate vicinity of Mirai, question her orders. She won't let on to the rest of the crew. That Like, oh, yeah, I've also lost faith on our commander. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Which, right. Again, stoic sailor. Very cool under uh, pressure. She knows what's up. And then the dops stop. We've stopped ops. We've stopped ops. Uh, they're retreating all of a sudden, so they don't have to send. It's not a dop check anymore. That's right. <laughs> we don't have to send anybody out. And uh, the reason we don't, Sean, is because they've lured white base right into a trap. There's a, a mega particle cannon on the ground, and it blasts a hole straight through white base's hull. And now it's on fire and going down fast. It's like deck B. It's like blasted. Yeah. Not in a good way. Uh, so everyone's fighting fires and they have to shut the engines down so they don't explode. Mm-hmm. Amuro does this cool move in Gundam where he's like on the wing of white base and he manages to like shoot the mega particle cannon down with the beam rifle. Yeah, he waits for it to aim and shoots right through it. Like I get like one shot to do this. Yeah, does. And he's managed to take it out, but white base is still going down. Yeah. And Mira is frustrated and kind of flustered by all this. And she's like, oh, it's all over. But Sayla has a moment where she encourages Mirai not to give up, right? She's like, we, we can't give up now. Like, yeah. We're not dead. So I'm going to be critical of your shit, but also like not up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that happens sort of just as White Base hits the ground. And then the dops come back again. More dops. So, resume dops. Resume back, back dops. Back to dop check. <laughs> uh, Marker speaks up here. He's got this interesting idea. 
where he says, what if we uh, load the smoke bombs into the missile launchers yeah, and so then detonate them? So Mark, Marker's also right ahead of the script. Yeah. And he said, hey, I have an idea that is on page 14. I know we're on page 12 here, but uh, two pages ahead. I come up with this great idea where we, uh, <laughs> no, we, just uh, wait. Just wait till we get to it. It's really good. It's really good. Really good. I, I, I'm going to, it's going to be impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so he decides let's load the smoke bombs into the missile launchers and fire them off and then hope that the Dobbs leave basically thinking that they're out of commission because there's so much smoke coming from white base. Like, and it works. Yeah, it shouldn't. I, no, I would think that it fucking shouldn't. I would think that unless that thing is exploded to bits, the dops would, the dops would be there. The dops but. would ideally they would report back. Oh, it's down. All right. Moving the ground forces. Yeah. We're going to take the base, but the dots wouldn't leave. And so they do leave. They do. And so that buys them this momentary reprieve where uh, Mirai is again, like really shaken by all of this. And she's calling out to bright and Ryu for help. Mm-hmm. But then she, uh, she kind of nuts up. She does. She yells at a certain point. She stands up and she tells Sela to prepare a message for general revel. They're going to ask general revel for help. They don't think they're going to be able to make it to Odessa. Yeah, day. I think otherwise Mirai remembers or Mirai infers based on information she's received at a certain point. Uh, and based on information that we've received, even as the viewer that, the white base is critical to Operation Odessa. Yeah. So if she asks for help because the, the white base is not going to make it, Revel will try to send help because he needs the white base there for the plan to work. Yeah. And so that's where that episode wraps up, leading us into episode 23, Matilda's Rescue. Lady Matilda. Lady Matilda. <laughs> I don't remember the words. No. I just know it started that way. So this is the day before Odessa Day. Mm-hmm. White Base is not doing well. It's wrecked. It's wrecked. That's- R-E-K-T, wrecked. It is. <laughs> Everyone's working on repairs, except for there's like a couple of guys outside playing cards. Because they can't do much. They, and, until yeah. Mirai approaches. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> we, we start to finally see like, okay, the crew is clearly respecting Mirai on some level as commanding officer mm-hmm. because uh, they all kind of straighten up their act. Yeah, she's everyone around. except for Kai, who's fucking off and throwing paper airplanes. <laughs> well, he kind of does too. He's like, he's like, uh, hey, could you guys hurry up? I'm running out of paper over here. <laughs> fucking idiot. But then Mirai shows up in front of Kai too, and he and he then pretends that he's working. Like, oh, let me uh, just check the pressure on the valve here. Yeah, you know, just for a second, he pretends. Mirai is walking by everyone on her way to see Bright, who has summoned her. And he's he's still bedridden, but he's asked her to relieve him as commander. Yeah, this is where he, Bright officially asks Mirai to take over. Right. And she Mirai's says like, no. Mirai's like, I, I'm not yeah, suited for this. Not, and Bright's like, me. I'm not really asking you. Here's yeah. everything you need to know. Hands her like a pamphlet or something. Here's my uh, my novel. I've been writing, <laughs> I've been writing my, my, my manuscript. Will you take a look at this? Yeah, uh, take, would you have a moment? Read this over. Because I'm not really asking you. <laughs> We're going to land in LA later. Um, and I want to pitch this. <laughs> Yeah, he's not he's not asking at all. He just you're taking over. Read this. Uh, and when I get better, I'll be back. But until then, it's all you, girl. Yeah, you got this. And he, does, he does offer Walters. He does offer some words of encouragement. Like, you got this. Don't worry about it. Just read this. You'll be fine. Hashtag girl power. <laughs> uh, so she reluctantly accepts because she doesn't really have a choice here. I think this is the first scene we actually see General Rebel in, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. I believe so, yeah. He's arrived at the front line, and they're basically talking about like what they've got to do before Cassilia dispatches reinforcements to Makuve. And he's discussing with Matilda and Elrond. Hmm, why does that sound hmm. familiar? Hmm. That they have to repair White Base, just like you said earlier, because it's the ship that they're supposed to get behind Makuve, right? Yes. So like it, that ship is supposed to get behind Makuve's base, so that way they panic and respond. 
And it's the only ship I think that's, I think it's implied anyway, it's the only ship that's intimidating enough that they'll, they'll launch some sort of, you know, big response to it. And then all the Federation forces are going to show up from the front. Yeah. Revel is convinced that if it doesn't even need to be white based, but he's convinced that if a ship shows over and flanks them over here, that Makuve will panic. And particularly if it's white based because it's, it's white based. It's what the, it's the Trojan horse. It's been what the, it's what they've been chasing this entire time. Yeah. Uh, he's convinced that Makuve is going to panic. What, what Revel does not know is that Makuve is privy to a lot of information because hmm. of this Elron fellow. Yeah. So he orders Matilda to take new experimental parts to the crew, specifically for Gundam and uh, in its cohorts. And this is where Elron objects. He's like, well, what are you doing? Like giving all this awesome experimental gear to like the civilian division, right? Like they're not even soldiers. Yeah. And Revel's like, hey, uh, this isn't just my call. HQ said this too. So fucking suck it up. Kind of pulls rank, yeah. you know, immediately cut to Makuve and he's talking with Judoc who has suddenly informed him of the Gundam upgrade, but not the specifics of it. Right. He doesn't know exactly what it is other than there's some parts coming. And Judoc's like, I also don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just found out. <laughs> you're lucky. You're lucky. I'm even telling you. Right. This is another one of those moments where like, I think we had to infer what these were. He, uh, he orders one of the guys to take three goofs and three, what is he called? I day units? Why day units? Oh yeah. Um, day. I forget how they pronounce it. I I forget how always they pronounce ha- it that too, always but, happens when I write my notes. I forget how they pronounce it too, but this is the stuff that carries the, uh, yeah. the they're like the wave riders. They, they carry the, um, the goofs. They're cool. Like space boogie boards that yeah. all the goofs ride on. <laughs> um, but anyway, he, he's sending out reinforcements to intercept Matilda on her way to white base. So rebel contacts Mirai and crew. And he's like, Hey, don't worry. I sent Matilda. She's got uh, some cool shit coming for you. Uh, but wait, you, do you see yeah. this shit? Oh my God. It's so good. You. I can't talk about it. Cause it's open I can't line talk about it because this episode is airing too early before Q4 where Christmas is going to happen. <laughs> and then we get to sell these toys for, but Oh my God, let me tell you, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Clover's really happy with how these toys came out. I mean, <laughs> I make Band- Bandai will make the model kids later, but Clover's really happy with how these, <laughs> these, model- these toys came out. <laughs> and he also instructed that they've got to complete repairs to ASCP because white base has to be present for Odessa day. Yeah. There's no way around it. So then of course, Matilda gets intercepted by the Xeon and she's immediately suspicious of this because she, she comments it like, not very many people knew this was happening. There's, you know, basically her rebel, yeah. Elrond, like this was a small gathering. We're, so the, def- the Fetties are starting to smell something. Smell not, a rat. Yeah, smelling a rat, a mole. Something is uh, not right. Yeah. So she sends out an SOS because they're under attack and they've got all this very valuable, important Sending equipment. Exactly. She contacts Sting. <laughs> So in response, Mirai sends out Amaro, Kai, and Hayato to rescue Matilda. And let me tell you, Amaro has never gotten ready faster for anything in his life. He's already in the gun. He's like, Matilda? Whoosh. Gone. Right? Like, he's so he's excited. He's already out there. He's already launched. I didn't know Matilda was in trouble. Mirai's like, hey, Amaro, can you? And he's already gone. He's, he's gone. Already gone. I'm already in Gundam. I'm gone. Hey, Amaro, can you? Oh, God, Amaro, Gundam, Gundam, launching. <laughs> it, is, it is super funny. Is He's gone from like, oh, I don't want to fight in war anymore to like just... So ready instantly <laughs> because Matilda, there's a little disagreement between Mirai and Sela here. And then Sela's balls kind of drop and she gives the, the orders that she wanted and tells Mirai to punish her if she's mad. But she's like, at least I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I just, I wrote this quote because it was funny. What Kai, into- Kai says, yeah, yeah, Sela, you're a smooth operator. I'm inspired. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't even remember what the fuck it was in reference to. It was just like the orders that she was giving him, I think. Yeah, Kai needs a launch. Just general and, Kai being a and dick. Kai being, Kai being Kai. He's like, yeah, yeah. Say, I get it. You're a smooth operator. I'm inspired. <laughs> but just dripping in that Shaden sarcasm. Oh, yeah. As always, just <laughs> coated thick. So outside the battle's raging and the goofs are lighting up the Medea squadron. So there's like four or five, six transports that all this stuff is coming on with Matilda. But here comes the White Knight Amaro. And he's, he's here to rescue his lady from the Xeon Reddit trolls. I love this. Note. <laughs> here comes SJW. Yep. He's like, I'm here to rescue you, my lady. And then he tips the Gundam's fedora. Yeah. And, and so I was like, I, I didn't. I don't I, need your help. I didn't I'm ask a strong, you. Independent I didn't woman. ask you to help me. <laughs> no, no, but Amaro comes in to help save the day a little bit. Yeah. Amaro manages to dispatch one of these Dodai surfboard looking ship thingies. Yeah. And. That causes the goof that's riding it to just crash straight into the ground. <laughs> um, he's trying to get in between the Dops and Matilda's Medea so he can kind of shield Milady. <laughs> Back on the ship, Bright is somehow like even worse now. And he's he's seeing Mirai on the monitor. She can't hear him, but he's talking to her and he's like, no, you should continue repairs. Now's not the time to read this. She's like reading the novel that he wrote her. But right. How to be a commander by which Lieutenant Bright. Yeah, did tell her to read. But he did, it, but he's very much like no, not now. No, not now. God yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and and then he has kind of a flashback where he's thinking about Ryu, and he, he makes some comments about how like Ryu wasn't always the smartest, but he let his heart guide him, and it helped him make the right decisions. He was strong. He wants to be more like Ryu. He does. Um, back outside, the Dops, I believe, have noticed the uh, icebox plane, they refer to it as, mm-hmm. which this doesn't hold up anymore, because what the fuck's an icebox, right? <laughs> it's not 1979 anymore. Kids ask your parents about an icebox. He notes that this carries Gundam parts. He's like, I-, I know what this thing does. And they're talking about the gun parry here, which is coming towards Amaro, but then there's also a goof coming in, and Kai manages to do the only useful thing that he's done in this episode, which is get that goof with gun cannon. He makes some comment about how slow gun cannon is. And he's like, Hey, do the Gundam thing already. <laughs> Just Come on, become Gundam. <laughs> so Amaro becomes Gundam. Yeah. We, we get to see that sweet animation again that you love so very much. I do. And then, um, one of the Medeas is taking heavy fire and is going down and shocker. It's the one with all the Gundam parts on it. Yay. Yay. So Matilda's like, okay, well we can't just abandon it here. Cause that's the important one. So everybody land and they do. Amaro is taken off to see what's up. And the goof that he's fighting grabs Gundam's leg with the heat rod and kind of pulls him back into the ground. They're trying to move the modules off the Medea onto either to white base or just like onto another ship so they can take off of them again. And gun cannon is uh, providing cover during that. And then they make a comment about like powering up the G fighter and, and getting it to Gundam. And they're like, will Amaro be able to handle it without any training? And Matilda's like, yeah, that's my boy. (laughs) Amaro's got this. So we have this new thing. We don't like, it comes out on, on tank treads, but it's like an airplane. It's the G fighter. It's the G fighter. Yeah. I don't know if it was Hayato that ended up driving it out or I don't, I don't remember, but somebody takes it to be delivered to Amaro. Right. I think it was Hayato because I think he ends up he'd being the first person to fly it. I think Hayato is the first one to fly it. Yeah. Yep. Which is funny because now when you think about it, now that I'm thinking about it, she's like, well, Amaro will be able to handle it. All Amaro does is ride on its back. That's it. <laughs> this is just their answer to the, to the Dode, right? Like in this particular episode. Yeah. Yeah. So Amaro is busy being trapped under uh, this heat rod and just being yanked back like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat's like, get over here. <laughs> um, but he manages to get the beam saber free just as he's being pulled in and the goof pays 
for that. Yeah. Unfortunately, apparently Gundam's leg has been damaged. He talks about like how the circuits in the right leg are fried. And so he can't move. And this Dode is just like circling around him, stalking him like, like prey and just vulture, un- like just vulture. Yeah, just unleashing on him. And he's about to get blown up when in comes Hayato with our new toy. <laughs> so they managed to blast the goof off that Dode thing and then the, the goof and Gundam fight while they're in free fall. Yeah, yeah, it's basically just another, it's another battle and Gundam wins. Like, yeah. it, it, it's it's just, we've seen it before and we'll see it again. It's hey nothing super interesting. It's a kid show. It's a kid show. We got to do. Um, but we do come back to the white base and Revel is actually complimenting Mirai on uh, her uh, her work despite all the bullshit that Sayla was giving her the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sayla gives her some reassurement that she's done a good job here too. And the Medeas have arrived. Yeah. Say- and, Sayla's uh, like, hey, doing repairs here. Hey, I'm tough because I care. <laughs> I only give you shit because I love you. (laughs) Then there's this funny scene at the end where Matilda compliments Hayato and Amuro on saving her for the second time. And Kai kind of goes, hey, uh, what about me? (laughs) And she's like, oh, Kai, you're so dependable. And then he like turns his back and starts bragging about how awesome he is. And they just kind of walk away while he's talking to himself. Um, You know, typical Kai fashion. Classic. Classic Kai. Classic Kai. Let me tell you all about the classic Kai. And the last thing we see is Kai running after everyone. Like, hey, wait for me. And then we're in episode 24, Black TriStar. Yep. And Cassilia is pissed. Yeah. This episode starts off with Cassilia in front of a group of Xeon officers. And she's like berating them. Like, is this a joke? Whatever plan they have presented to her, she is not. She's not happy with it. And one of the guys speaks up and he's, I don't really understand the line, but he's like, excuse me, but the authority of our headquarters would be ruined. And he gets interrupted with a slap to the face, Sean. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, that's eight, right? That's eight. That's eight. This is slap number eight. Kaecilia doesn't fuck around. She's like, military authority? A man's pride? How useful will those things be if we lose the war? So she orders them to get resources to Shar before he reaches the Mad Angler Squadron. This is the first time we hear anything about Shar in quite a while. Yeah. So we know that we're going to see Char later, not in these episodes or even the episode after this, but we're going to see Char later. But, but what we we're finding out now is that Char was basically put on administrative leave after letting Garment die. Right. <laughs> um, but because the war has escalated, they need to bring Char back. Um, so he is reinstated as the head of the Mad Angor Squadron. I think it's always been Kaecilia's plan. Yeah. It was like, hey, I'm going to cherry pick We, we, we kind Char. of alluded to that, to that a little earlier. Yeah. After she gives that order, she asks if they've delivered the doms to the Black Tri-Stars. And the officer's like, yep. They're they're heading off to help Makuve right now. So the narrator explains that like Kaecilia can't leave the moon because it would leave the moon vulnerable. So she's sending in the black tri-stars as sort of representatives of her to uh, right. reinforce Makuve and extract some revenge on White Base and Gundam. These are supposed to be like uh, an elite squadron of cool ass motherfuckers, you know? Correct. Couple of few cool dudes. Couple of aces up, up <laughs> her sleeve, if if you know what I mean, because because uh, they're you know they're ace pilots. I see what you did there. Yeah, there's a. I don't know where you're going with this bit. I I don't either. <laughs> they're southern. <laughs> they're southern. southern. They're southern. Yeah. yeah, we find out there. Uh, we got Ortega, Mash, and Gaia, and Gaia. Real southern. Real southern. Good old boys. Real southern. Good old boys. I wonder. I wonder in the Japanese. <laughs> voice acting if they also have an accent of some sort oh. i am not aware if they do or do not we should listen i also do not remember because <laughs> i have seen origin mm-hmm. and they are in origin mm-hmm. but i do not remember 
if they have this awful accent because it's real bad. It's as bad as this accent is right here. <laughs> it's not good. It's not great. I do not remember it. I'll have to go back. When we go back and watch it, well, I go back and watch it. You watch it for the first time. <laughs> Fuck, I'm, I'm losing it now. <laughs> when we go back, well, you watch for the first time. When I go back and watch Origin, right. I'll have to make a note if they have this really bad accent. I think you would probably remember if they did. Is my guess, but. You would think that. <laughs> One would. And yet, here we are. <laughs> <sighs> back on White Base, Amaru's organizing Gundam materials for repairs and Matilda shows up and he's like, hey, you uh, you heading to the bridge? Let me show you a little shortcut. She's like, no, it's fine. I can find the bridge. No, 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 no. I know the cool way to the bridge. You gotta, <laughs> All the cool kids. You gotta go the way that the cool guys do, which apparently is just like getting in an elevator with her so you can like check her out because what's up, teenage boy? Amaro is so transparent. He really is. She knows. She knows, <laughs> she knows immediately. She like, knows, yeah. Oh, uh, this is totally an excuse to spend time with me. And so- that good, good on her. She humors him. Yeah. <laughs> he was very insistent. So she notices it and she smiles at him. And then the elevator doors open and Frau Bo's there and she greets Matilda. And then as Amaro's like trying to follow Matilda away to the bridge, she grabs Amaro by the arm and was like, hey, you promised me you were going to fix my air conditioner. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, uh, that. Uh, that and uh, no. <laughs> no, not going to do that. And just like slips, snakes away, slips away. And then she goes, hmm. And then Haro repeats it, yeah. which leads Frabo to just like kick kicking Haro <laughs> like a football. He goes uh, pinballing down the hallway. So Amaro and Matilda are walking down the hall and they walk by Kai and he's like mouthing off to a couple of his, you know, his cool buds. Cool. Real, real great moment. He's like, oh man, I'd be the happiest man in the world if I could find a sophisticated woman like Lady Matilda. She's totally my type. And she's also standing right behind him. And she's like, uh, hey. Why don't you focus a little more on the repairs and less on your love life? And he jumps around like all embarrassed. And she's like, good luck finding a sophisticated woman. <laughs> Kyle has his pair of balls, runs up. is like, uh, I feel so embarrassed that I almost have the guts to ask you if I can get a photo of you. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he uses his opportunity and awkwardness to be like, hey, I, this can't get any worse. Yeah, so so <laughs> why are you here? Uh, and she does agree. She does, but then... But also now everyone wants a photo with Matilda, so it becomes this big group photo. There's like 20 dudes. I don't even know half these guys. They just show up out of the woodwork. Hey, Matilda's here? Okay, cool. Photo time. Yeah, Kai even says, I only have like 20 shots. Like, what the fuck? I can't, like, not everyone's going to get a photo. So... He sets a timer on the camera and then like runs to get into the photo. Does not make it. He's like... He's in the 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 photo, but he's he's not sitting with everyone. He's running into the shot. Amaro gets a copy of his big dumb mug. And, and I say big dumb mug because he's kind of just like awkwardly staring into the camera. Like he's not really even smiling. He's hey, like, what's going on? I'm Amaro. I'm Amaro. Mm. Um, but he's real happy with it. He goes, he grabs the photo, kind of skips off. Yeah. Yeah. He's very excited. He does. He does this skip in the hallway. That's like, like, oh, little, woo, my, my balls are dropped. A Wee. little, little flamboyant. <laughs> We're back with General Revel, and he's asking Elrond, who I don't trust, Sean, to send a message to hurry up repairs on White Base. Mm-hmm. They're interrupted and get word that the Black Tri-Stars have landed. Elrond tries this move where he's like trying to deflect the news that the Black Tri-Stars are there. Like, it's, oh, no, that's an old, that's it, old news. We already. It, it's not necessarily the news that the, the Tri-Stars are landed. It's the news that it's the news that something has happened with the Xeon forces. And I was like, oh, we already know about that. And then Revel's like, no. And then points out specifically that the Tri-Stars have landed. He, Revel, it's revealed here that Revel has dealt with these gentlemen before. They actually captured him back yeah. in the room. Which is why I said they were in origin because yeah. they are. Yeah, he they were taken. Uh, he was <laughs> he was taken hostage by them. He yeah, knows. they are fearsome. He says, I believe. 
So he orders Alron to send a message that Odessa Day has to begin earlier now. They've got to move the timetable up. And Judoc tells Alron as he's leaving the room, <laughs> hey, you look a little pale. And Alron then accuses him of being a double agent because suddenly Revel knows about the Black Tri-Stars and I don't know how that info got out. So we have two Zeon spies. We have Elrond and Judoc mm-hmm. who have both been working with Makube and are both like kind of right hand men to Revel. Like they're privy to high level information. Yeah, Elrond's essentially, or it's, it's shown as Elrond being very close, if not right hand man to Revel, and Judoc being right hand man to Elrond. Yeah. So and it would be one thing if it was just Judoc being the spy and kind of carrying out, but it's it's a high ranking official. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Elrond's rank is general or different general rank, like you know, two star, three star, what have you. Right. So it's uh, it's not good. Not no. good. Uh, the uh, the Federation has a mole this high up. Right. So Elrond basically says to Judoc, "Hey, tell Makuve that they're starting this all early now." Back on White Base, Amaro and Matilda are having this discussion. <laughs> I wrote they're having they're taking a nice cool shower together. It's one of those like decontamination yeah. units. <laughs> they're taking a nice cool shower. Actually, taking a shower no. together. No. As much as Amaro would like. I know. Uh, but yeah, they are going to de- decontamination shower because they were, I forget what they were, they were working on something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But he asks her about why she joined the supply corps and she just basically talks about like war's all about destruction and this is like the one branch of the military that's actually about like rebuilding. And creating things. Yeah. So. Something sappy like that. Yeah. And that's where I noted, Sean, these our fellows are from the South somewhere. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote down initially Ortega, Mash, and Mr. Southern, because we did not have Gaia's name until later on in the episode. Right. But Gaia is kind of- We the- got Ortega, Mash, and Mr. Southern to go out <laughs> in the dorm, all Makuva's orders. <laughs> We're hunting gunmen in the wild base. They, they, they there be, they're gunmen in their hills. <laughs> <laughs> there will be. <laughs> So they're out hunting Gundam and White Base. That's that's sort of what they're they've been tasked to do at this point. Mm-hmm. And White Base gets an alert that they're in the area, and so everyone's sort of been like outside, like kind of chilling because White Base is up. You know, they're working on repairs, right? So not everyone is inside White Base at this point, right? And so they're all just like running to they're, get back. They're not really chilling. Some people are chilling because they're waiting for other repairs to be done so they can step in. But yeah. not everyone's working at the same time. But they are all still working on repairs are all outside. They're all in various areas, basically not in the white base. Right. <laughs> and they get in and in a hurry, real hurry. Hayato comes out in um gun tank. He's solo now. That's one of the module upgrades that they got in the last episode is that they don't need two people now for gun tank. Right. Gun tank's still useless, but slightly less so. <laughs> he makes a comment. I, I think it was to Sela or no, he makes a comment to Kai who asks, Hey, are you right in there? He's like, Hey, if, if you can figure out what you're working with, I can figure this out. Like basically like, Kai, you're an idiot. If you can do it, anyone can do it. So everyone's had an upgrade. Yeah. Even, um, even Sela has yeah. an upgrade because Colonel Seki sends out Sela in the G armor, which is another new vehicle we've got here. Yeah. Sela was on comms and she's like, Oh, they're also asking for me down there. Yeah. You piloted the Gundam once. Yeah, Remember want, that time you stole the Gundam? They want someone, it's a ship. They want someone who has had mobile suit experience. Right. Why Sela versus Hayato and Kai? I I don't know. Plot reasons, I guess. Uh, but yeah, they asked Sela to get down there. And at which point, Frau actually has to relieve Sela as uh, the comm officer. On uh, Frau seems real nervous about it. Yeah. She says she'll do okay, but she seems real fucking nervous about it. Right. So White Base has not lifted off at this point because there's trouble with the engines. Always, always with the engines. Always. So they're trying to figure that out. And Sela has not taken off in G armor yet because she's struggling to figure out all the controls. 
but they basically rush her out because G armor is a two person vehicle, right? Yep. So she's got armor and they're like, don't, don't worry. Amaro can do it. Amaro will figure it out. He's very smart. He knows the <laughs> science. We saw him with a microscope. <laughs> so they take off uh, a little bit rushed. Kai's out in gun cannon fighting a Dom and he, he takes shot at the, he takes some shot. The Dom's like way off and he takes a shot at it and then kind of like looks to see if he hit it. And as he's looking, a missile comes right back at him. <laughs> And he, he manages to narrowly dodge it, but then it hits G-Armor. Yeah, well, what we're seeing here is, we're seeing the Dom in action for the first time, but we're, we're seeing just how swift and maneuverable these Doms are, which is interesting because they look like big, bulky motherfuckers. Yeah. But we're seeing, we're witnessing just how agile the Doms are, and we're actually seeing the uh, the Tri-Stars in action. I didn't really think about it until you said it, but they're definitely the swiftest mobile suits we've seen at this point outside of, you know, maybe Char piloting mm-hmm. something. I wrote here in quotes, oh, swat them, swat them pesky flies. <laughs> the TriStars haven't seen G-Armor before, they they realize. Shocker. It's new. It's Shocker. New. Shocker. No one has. <laughs> one of them makes a comment. It's not in the white-based data. Yeah, but it it's still can't seem to hit them. The DOMs are very fast. White base still struggling to get the engines working, and everyone else is fighting the TriStars. They're having a real hard time hitting anything. And then they have G-Armor become Gundam because of fucking course they do, right? <laughs> That's This is... This whole series of episodes where they've now introduced these new modules is very clearly like... It's hey, a good chunk hey, of them, too. Yeah. Hey, what if we had new toys that could do these cool things? Yeah. And don't get me wrong. All of the transformations are, are rad. If I had these toys as a kid, I would have been stoked. I'm sure the toys probably sucked, unfortunately. <laughs> but So it's going to be a lot of that. It's going to be a lot of uh, G-Fighter, Armor, Sky Bull, become this thing. <laughs> Uh, so they figure out the problem with the White Base's engine while this battle is going on. And I think... Uh, it might be Seki that, that Ghost Matilda's like, we'll have it done in three. And she's like, do it in two. Well, I, I said three, lady. I don't know. What do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll just, uh, I'll just bend the laws of time and space and right? do it a minute faster. Yeah, no, no it's, it's cool. It's cool. Anything for you, Matilda. I grew two more hands just for you. <laughs> Gundam done did dodge my shot. Yeah. <laughs> the Tri-Stars are, uh, Commenting here on like how skilled the Gundam pilot is. They're impressed. But Amaro shoots at the Doms with the Vulcan cannons, the, the head mounted cannons on the Gundam, and they don't do anything. They yeah. Vulcan cannons have now become useless, it Pretty seems. Much. Yeah. They weren't used very often as it was, but I don't think they've ever been used to any good effect, really. No. But this is <laughs> this is commentary just on like how tough the Doms are. Like the Zeons are manufacturing some mobile suits now that every time they've every time we've been introduced to a new suit specifically on the Xeon side, because we aren't going to see very many new suits on the, on the Fetty side for a while. But they got all those upgrade modules. Oh, we got all those upgrade modules. Oh boy. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're seeing one new thing that this suit can do that the previous gen could not do. So the MS-09 Dom is able to, uh, the plating on the armor, I believe is a lot thicker. So it can able, able to withstand the, uh, the physical rounds of the, uh, the Vulcan cannons, which are just low caliber compared to, cause they, I mean, they're in the head. There's already so much space more rounds in there so you want the caliber to be fairly low gotcha there's an explosion during this fight over in the area of white base or maybe it's on white base and it distracts amuro long enough for the tristar to get a shot in on him and this is when they decide they're going to do their patented jet stream attack or take mash we're going to do our jet stream come attack. on let's give him the jet stream matilda sees the explosion that's happened on white base and she's like i can't just sit here so she takes off in a medea which is a transport vehicle it's not a mm. this is not a fighter 
but she's decided she's going to take off on that to defend white base. The jet stream attack appears to be some sort of triple threat kind of thing. They're like going to tag team the Gundam. Yeah. So they line up a single file. I believe the front guy has a beam saber. The middle guy has the bazooka or the, the rocket launcher. And the third guy is there for moral support. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that is sort of what I gathered. From, like they show it two times yeah. and I, I tried to pay attention. I was like, I don't see why there's three people involved in this. I don't, I don't really know, but yeah, they, they, uh, they go ahead and try this attack. Amaro ends up like leapfrogging off the first one and dodges the second one. It's not, it's not effective. It's not effective at all for, for patented move. It's a very tropey thing that they're doing here because they have this ridiculous attack that they've named, but it does not pay off at all. This reminded me with the accents and the like patented move part of it. This reminded me of the Talladega Knights, Ricky Bobby shake and bake. A little bit, yeah. Right? Like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to shake and bake! Right? Like, <laughs> so Matilda's taken off because she's trying to get to Amuro. Um, she's trying to get him aid at this point. She sees it like he's being lit up by all three of the TriStars. Well, two of the TriStars and the other one's just like, hey, see what my boys are doing? <laughs> and like you said, he manages to jump off one Dom and then he, he leapfrogs off him and then gets the beam saber through another. The third one then latches onto the Medea. He's like knocking on the glass like, hello. Hi. Hi, I'm here. Yeah. And Matilda's like, ram this ship into the ground. Like she's like, crash the ship to get this thing off, which is like, woo, Ooh. my girl here. Unfortunately, before they can crash, he manages to punch through the bridge and bring down. He doesn't just punch through. Like he like hammer fists down into it. Yeah. And just crushes the entire bridge. Bringing down him and everyone in the ship. And so it's at this point, so we're hearing the, the usual fight music, the the whatever, like I can't remember the name of the track, but we're hearing that fight music go on that we hear in so many other different fights in the show. That goes silent. And we just see the uh, the transport go down hard. It, it's silent. We hear it explode. And the music cuts back on when we see Gundam again because he Armor doesn't know what has just happened yet. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, we've lost Matilda and Mash and Mash, but mostly Matilda. But mostly Matilda. <laughs> I started to write another Lady Matilda song here. <laughs> Lady Matilda, she had the most beautiful hair and skin was so fair. Lady Matilda is gone. Oh, so sad. Yeah, she inspires poetry in me. I, what can I say? So. White base is combat ready now, and it's successfully repelled the black Tri-Stars. Elrond is really sweating as he gets this info from Rebel. Like, oh, cool. None of this shit worked. Great. Awesome. I mean, I'm happy for us. Don't get me wrong. No, really. Uh, we're the good guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go Federation. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, he's like going, ooh, ooh those like, Tri-Stars. Uh, Meanwhile, like, collar pull. Ooh. Yeah. Letting out a little steam. <laughs> So Revel says, all right, Odessa Day begins today, 0600. And then we cut back to White Base where Bright is, uh, he's up out of bed now. Mm -hmm. And he orders the crew to salute and respect as they take off for Matilda and her crew. Yeah, a lot of the crew are standing on top of White Base. There's some... There's like a deck. That there's on. a deck basically that they're on. And they're all kind of stationed around. They're all salute. Um, Bright asks everyone to salute for Matilda and the crew that was lost. We cut to everyone being fairly solemn. It's not necessarily the same weight wise as Ryu. No, Ryu was like their brother. Right. But Lady I, Matilda was but everyone's this upset. girl they had a crush on. Particularly Amaro because we hear it in his internal monologue. Him repeating her name. Yeah. Yeah. The episode kind of ends with him screaming her name, yeah, but like, it's, it's internal. He's hearing himself scream yeah, it's, it. It's like, Matilda, Matilda. And then he like just, you know, he's, he's upset. And then he just screams, Lady Matilda! Yeah. As the white base takes off. And this this scene's sort of the same deal. Like, Sayla blames herself for Matilda's death. And Amaro's kind of, like, recalling the last moment that he, he saw her right before he got into Gundam. So what we've seen so far in these last chunk of episodes, three different kinds of de deaths that affect 
the viewer as well as the crew uh, in three different ways. Yeah. So we have Rawls' death, uh, we have Ryu's death, and we have Matilda's death. So we have the death of a, a friendly enemy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An enemy they kind of respected, I think, uh, particularly Armoro and uh, and this was a suicide too. It, right. Uh, we have Ryu's death where they, they all felt like they were at fault. And then they have Matilda's also death. a suicide. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then we have Matilda's death who I guess you could argue was a suicide, but not really. Yeah. I mean, she didn't go out. I don't think with the intent of dying, but the difference between those, the, the, the first two deaths and Matilda's death is, uh, Oh, this is just, this is just war. Right. You are going to lose your comrades in arms, whether they are really familiar with you, like Ryu was, or just someone you were acquainted with. Yeah. Or had a crush on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh brought your blood pressure up a little, a little bit. bit you know made you realize what it meant to be you know, feel like a man you know <laughs> Amaro no longer smells the, the scent, scent of a woman <laughs> this brings us into the last episode we're going to talk about today this is uh episode 25 the battle of odessa we've been hearing a lot about this odessa so we're finally here mm-hmm. i wrote here the black dual stars yeah black tri stars are no longer try no dual nope but we are on the holiest of Odessa. <laughs> oh, yes. Praise be, Odessa. Praise be to General Neville and Odessa Day. <laughs> so the crew's rushing repairs, and Amro's like a, a bit edgy after the loss of Matilda. Yeah. I think that's what one of the some, mechanics. Some He snaps at one of the mechanics. And he's like, geez, sorry. And then another one's like, dude, he's a little edgy after yeah, he, he lost his fake girlfriend. And the, uh, the the main mechanic has a good point. Like, fucking edgy, too. Yeah. Fuck, fuck this guy. Yeah, we're all edgy. <laughs> oh, fucking Amro coming in, you know. Oh. Mr. Badass. Huh? <laughs> Why don't you go eat? <laughs> he's lost and thought about Matilda, but then he uh, he gets snapped out of it. Um, Frau asks Frau him. Frau is uncomfortably oh, close behind Armro. Hey. Hey. hey, are you okay? You all right? And he, he just kind of walks off. He's like, no, I'm not. And then try makes a face. But he just, I remember this, the way that the scene is animated, he, him and, um, sailor, sailor are talking yeah. about something. And then it cuts to Frau. Like the shot, you see armor in the shot, like the, the, this hair of the shot. Frau is ridiculously uncomfortably close. Like, like snuck up behind her. It, like, it is kind of funny. Hey, you okay? Are you right? Like armor should have jumped. Jesus fucking, <laughs> where did you come from? <laughs> Holy shit. I ate. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just another instance of Amro going back to being kind of a shithead to Frau. Um, mm-hmm. She asks if he's okay. He's She's obviously concerned. And he kind of just gives her a look and then he takes off in the G-Armor with Sela. And they're, they're doing some practicing. They have all these new modules now, these fancy new configurations that they can get into. And Sela is apparently going to be piloting the G-Armor when it's in flight mode here because uh, Amro needs to be in the guns in order to do the, like the Gundam conversion. Yeah, Sailor's a pilot here on out. Yeah, yep. She's not really the, the comms officer anymore. They're doing some practicing, but Amro still can't take his mind off Matilda. Sean, the release of fried chicken is complete. Yeah, I don't know this line. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't either. This happens around the Zeons. Yeah, I don't know if it's the name of a squadron or a group. Well, we had the hot dog squad. We had the hot dog squad. We had the goof troop. Then we had the goof troop. Uh, now we have fried chicken. We have fried chicken now. At least, at least I have chicken. <laughs> I wrote here, here, have this, this big, big tray, tray of fried, fried chicken, chicken and you, and you come to, well, the big tray is actually a the federation. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> they do a lot of name throwing here. I just wrote nonsense words in all caps. It's like, they're talking about like the Borscht troops are too far in front. And I don't know. Anyway, Ortega and Gaia are outside and they're doing the most Southern thing they can possibly do of just shooting their guns off in the air. Um, <laughs> they're they're having uh, I guess ceremony for mash. Yeah, they're they're honoring their potato friend, <laughs> and Makuve is kind of not having it. No, no, he's <laughs> he's in it like this shit is dumb. Like, what? 
I, I guess n- no one means anything to Makuve except for his vases. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, he he's literally like growing very impatient. And uh, Gaia kind of tells Makuve like, look, we don't care what your orders are. We're, we're going to get our revenge. Yeah. They very much need the black natural like- stars to <laughs> participate in this Odessa day, like cooperate. And they're really only concerned about Ga- Gaia is aware of what the orders are. He even says as much again. I, we know. Yeah, but- I know they're. Meth addict, uh, Skeletor man. But but also, fuck off. We're gonna we're gonna get revenge. Yeah. The good news is that Sayla's pulling off some sweet moves now. She's uh, more and more. She's familiar, very yeah. comfortable in the mm-hmm. G armor over mm-hmm. the course of this. Uh, I don't know. Two minutes that this happened. Yeah. And our new comms officer Frabo receives a message from General Rebel, and this says at 0630 there to enter Makube's base from the rear. So they're gonna they're gonna bring up the giggity. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> They're going to come up from behind. Yeah, they are. No matter how I say this, you're going to make a comment. This is that split attack they were talking about before, right? Right. So White Base shows up from behind. They go, oh shit, White Base is here. Yeah, Makuve's going to panic. Out, send out all the dops, <laughs> right? More dops. More dops. Makuve panics, sends out dops. Meanwhile, the Federation forces are on the other side, right. pushing through the lines here. While Amaro and Sailor are out in G-Armor, Amaro spots a ship that they identify as a dragonfly. This is a propelled well, actually they, Federation they, ship. They see a Xeon base and Amaro says, oh shit, I think we, we went up on a little too close. Right. Sailor drop out after they might have seen us. From said base, they see a small ship take off. And then they identify the ship as a dragonfly, which is a small propeller driven ship that is typically used by the Federation. So they're a little confused. This is suspicious. They also at this point get that message from white base to come back because at 0630, they're going to again, move into Makuvi's rear. But (laughs) (laughs) anything to get you to laugh. Uh (laughs) No, you got it. But they decide, Hey, we should probably investigate this. Yeah. They kind of tell bright, like, Hey, we saw this and this is oddly suspicious. And I guess Matilda had apparently mentioned to Amaro that the Zeons knew every move the Medeers were going to make before they made them. And we also saw obviously Matilda earlier comment about how like she was baffled that the Zeon forces had intercepted her Medeas because only like three or four people even knew this was happening. Right. So they tell bright and Mirai they're tailing what they think could be a spy. Yeah. And bright and Mirai kind of muse together. Like, well, there could be a spy. It kind of explains a few things, at which point White Base is suddenly under attack, even though no one should know that they're coming. Right. And Mira is like, well, there you go. That's that's that just <laughs> proof this is a spy. <laughs> so the Black Duel Stars are bridging White Base while the G-Armor sees uh, that dragonfly has landed on the big tray. Right. And so they dock G-Armor on there. Sort of. I mean, dock is not the word I'd use. They kind of literally land on top of the bridge. <laughs> they do. They don't request any permission to do no, it. They just land, and it's it's clear. Yeah, that we're they here. Don't, it's clear that they don't uh, ask for permission because Armaro gets out and is like, "Sail, I'll be right back." BRB. I'm gonna go out talk to the people in charge, and immediately his guns drawn on them. Who the fuck are you? I, I mean, <laughs> I'm gun- he, he literally goes, "I'm Gundam." Right? Doesn't he say that? that I'm, I'm gun. Because like, they ask like. State your um, state your uh, name and assignment. Something, like, something like that. Uh, he's like uh, Gundam. Gundam from White Base. Gundam from White Base. But also, he's flying steady colors. Fuck. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Interesting that they're suspicious of him, but not you know his, their yeah. own commanding officer on the uh, the big tray there. So Amaro asked back, like, "Hey, who piloted that dragonfly?" And they're like, "Oh, you mean Judoc? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean." Yeah, I need to talk to who's in charge. I need to talk to the Judoc man. So in Elrond's office, Judoc has informed him that he's to sabotage the Federation forces as soon as the operation begins. So the second Odessa day starts. Mm-hmm. They are the frontline offensive. Elrond is to sabotage his own forces, which is the plan on how Makuve is going to defend 
from both sides, basically. Right. Makuve knows that white base is coming in from one side. And if he knows that Elrond's forces will not necessarily be engaged on the other side, he will be able to effectively defend both sides. Right. This part, I guess, probably kind of ha- happens off screen, but the troops basically conspire with Amaro to get him into Elrond's office where he asks to speak to him alone. So they, they basically bring him like, hey, this guy's here. He wants to talk to you. And he presents Elrond with a photo of Judok's plane. And he makes a funny comment like, yeah, zoom in on the photo. And I'm like, what, with what, his eyes? Like, <laughs> and hands. He's trying to identify like if that's actually Judok on the plane, right? And so Elrond says, all right, Judok will face a uh, capital punishment. And then he pulls out a gun from his desk, points it at Amuro and says, and you'll get the same. Oh shit. Oh shit. It's right. This is where Amuro's psychic intuition, I guess, kicks in a little a bit. A little bit. He makes a comment like, oh, I had a feeling, but I wasn't sure. I was thinking more of the fact that like, this is almost point blank range and Elrond somehow manages to miss, to miss Amuro. Right. Amuro like narrowly dodges a bullet to the head. Yeah. And the way this scene would nor- probably play out if this actually happened. So the bullet flies past Amuro's head. Elrond's giving his big villain speech and Amuro should be like, ah, bleeding. Oh, what? What is that? Oh, God. Oh, the ringing. Oh, shit. <laughs> but no, he has time to chastise him and like blame him for like, oh, it's people like you that cause other innocent people to die. Yeah, I don't know. Elrond basically says like, it's war. I outrank you. I outrank you. No one's going to believe. No one's going to believe any of this. If I just shoot you dead in my office, like. It's war. No one's going to ask questions. Yeah. One person goes missing. He's about to shoot Amuro again before he gets shot in the shoulder by an officer outside the door. Yeah. They've cracked open the door just enough to stick a gun barrel and an eye through like poking the hand. What's going on here? And they, uh, they get Elrond in the shoulder, which caused him to drop his gun. Mm-hmm. And then they basically like say that they're going to bring him and Judok to the brig. Amuro really starts laying into Elrond, right? He's he's kind of enraged because Matilda is dead because of info that Elrond leaked. Right. Right. And he, he's put that together. That so he's, he's his, yelling, lady, his lady has he's died. He's yelling at Elrond about all the innocent people that he had killed. Not even people. Just, he says specifically Federation soldiers. Uh, which I thought was funny or not funny, but interesting because if he already sold out the Federation, he doesn't care about the different Federations <laughs> soldier lives that he's probably wasted. But yeah, Amuro makes a point to say all this. No, I'm going to make you feel bad now. One of the other officers says, Hey, Amuro, we, we got this. We got this. White base is engaged. You might want to go back. Yeah. Get in your Gundam. Get in your, <laughs> get in your little Gundam toy. And uh, why don't you leave this at the court martial? Yeah. So Odessa day has begun. Oh, hell. The Odessa day. Oh, hell. The holiest Praise days. Me. I don't know why we're doing this. I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> yeah, so Odessa Day has begun. Gaia is engaged. Uh, Kai, he tells Hayato uh, to, to retreat because uh, Gun Tank is basically, hey, yo, Gun Tank's useless. Yeah, yeah, I wrote here, Gun Tank sucks again. <laughs> he says, Gun Tank won't last. It moves like a turtle. So I don't know why they bothered sending it out to begin with, but. Right. Because Gundam's out there. So they set out what they have, right? Yeah. So Mash orders the Dops to leave Gun Tank to him. And then he blasts out the treads on it just as it's doing its cool hover move back on the white base. And then now G-Armor's back and everyone's relieved because Kai is out there shitting his pants again. He's doing his, oh God, I'm, I'm out here alone. Please send the Gundam. I mean, yeah. I'm going well, ma- mean, to give Amuro shit later because I mean, I'm an asshole, but oh, well, of, course, of course Kai's shitting his pants. Kai just blew off his foot. That's right. <laughs> we wrote here, the balance is not quite excellent. Yeah, that's that's right. what you said. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So G-Armor's rushing to convert into, I guess. Is to, that, to do the Gundam thing. Yeah, do, do, the, do the Gundam thing, right? <laughs> And they get hit by Ortega. So they decide, okay, hang on. We need a little cover to do this and retreat behind a mountain. And so now the dual stars are tag teaming Amuro and Gundam while Sela docks G-Armor. Because she was hit, they have to do this thing where they're like going to put Hayato's core fighter. Uh, I don't know. It's more modular bullshit. Hayato's going to pilot it now. Because toys. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Then the narrator informs us that like the Xeon front line 
easily broken because they were completely relying on Elrond's betrayal and the Black Tri Stars, and they have neither at this point. the The dual stars have <laughs> taken off in their own directions to exact their own revenge. And Elrond's been caught. Yeah. And now we have Makuve who really, if, if it wasn't clear before that Makuve is an evil jackass. Oh yeah. Really hammers it home here. We got classic TV trope. Like, oh yeah. Uh, the bad guys have a nuclear missile, a thermonuclear missile, which he remarks violates the Antarctic treaty. Hmm. Yeah. He's like, Hey, uh, we're going to fire this. I know it's against the treaty, but we're not going to lose this war. Yeah. They cut back to Revel. And Revel's like, he doesn't say anything. He just like, no, I'm calling their bluff. Yep. Keep fighting. He waves his hand. Cyradier now Gundam is on G armor core fighter. <laughs> <laughs> They've taken Hayato's core fighter. They've docked it to the front of G armor because the ship that's normally there, which was Sailor's, mm-hmm. has been damaged. Right. So just showing you all the cool combinations we can do now. And apparently the Doms get aerial real quick as well. Like they're real fast. They're fast. And they can jump pretty well. They're pretty good. And they only get better. Well, sort of. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> They get aerial real quick, like quick enough for Ortega to get run through by a beam saber. Yeah. Um, and then there was one. There's only a black tri-star. Yeah. A, a black star. Black star. A single black star. Single. Mono star. Guy ain't too, ain't too happy about that. No. None too pleased. But Bright orders Amuro and the Gundam to ignore Gaia because guess what? We have a nuclear missile being launched at us. Yeah. He's like, what? Don't worry. Here's an instruction guide. Here, watch this video. Watch this quick video. <laughs> All you gotta do is just slice the head off of the missile. That's it. You gotta do the same with the, the, same with the Baba Gruber. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, don't worry. If you fail, everyone dies. Mm-hmm. You gotta cut right here on this dotted line. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, he. The, the bomb is less than a foot below this line. And if you cut anywhere below this line, we're fucked. But just cut this line. Good luck. On a moving rocket. And Amor's like, I don't know that I can do this. And like, well, you. We don't either. Well, if you don't, we're all dead anyway. Yeah, so pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, he basically has to separate the warhead from the trigger mechanism on this, uh, this nuclear missile. And Makuve is kind of shocked that Revel didn't withdraw, which is why he launched the missile. He's like, all right, well, we can't let them think that we're bluffing here. Yeah. You know, so Skeletor launches the missile. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> Guy is doing everything he can to stop Gundam, even though he's, clearly also in the blast radius. So I guess he has a death wish too. I don't know, but he manages to knock Amuro off the fighter that Hayato is piloting, but like just for a second. And then he gets back on it just in time to slice the warhead off the missile. And then Gaia explodes because reasons. <laughs> I think I don't really remember why. Whole thing's kind of a blur, but I believe Amuro is a, like a guy I think is coming down like hard on Amuro with the heat sword out. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. And, um, Amro is able to swiftly dodge and stab at the same time like from the ground. I don't know how he pulls it off, but he does stabs the Dom Gaia no more. He's gone back to mother Gaia. Also, Amro manages to cut the head off the warhead because he's Amro and Gundam's Gundam and it's amazing. And yay. Woo. You seem stoked that he won. MacGruber, yeah. MacGruber saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> So the Federation wins, uh, but Makuve escaped on the Zanzibar that had brought the Black Tri-Stars to Earth. And he makes some comment about how he's not concerned because he provided Lady Cassilia with enough minerals to make mobile suits for 10 more years. He has a comment that reminds me of like, <laughs> it reminds me of like a nice guy when he gets like rejected by some chick. Like, well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to dance with you anyway. I, I, like, I don't even care anyway. I don't care about this battle anyway. Whatever. Ugly bitch. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. It is. Okay. Makuve's a little bit, a bit of an incel. Got it. <laughs> yeah. 
and then the white bass crew finally gets to meet Revel. Uh, he's, uh, I guess, congratulating them on a job well done. And that's kind of the end of the episode. So they've uh, Operation Odessa. Yeah. O- Odessa Day, the holiest of days. And well, there's been... Um, gone off without and, a hitch. And this is probably why I don't sound so excited about Gundam winning. There, while there's been a continuous arc this whole time, this show suffers a lot from... Uh, kind of the the monster of the week story sure. uh, and this one very much is very much that particularly yeah, like oh the makube has a fucking nuclear missile i'll get you cut. next time makube uh, yeah it's, yeah it's just bad writing in retrospect i guess but the rest of the series is great i think this group of episodes is at least pretty impactful i mean we've we finished the last group with rumberall's death we started this one off with Reuse death. We lose Lady Hammond. Mm-hmm. We lose Matilda. Oh yeah, this this particular last chunk. Considering the number of episodes in, you could th- you could think of it like the mid season finale. Yeah. So things have ramped up. Where we have lost people. Story has progressed significantly. We have seen character growth, not just in Armoro, but in Bright and Mirai and Sela. And we are going to see character growth in Kai very quick, very soon. Does he become more snide? Ah, uh, well, we do get to see Kai gets a little humanized. A little bit. That's about time. We do get to see um, a little more focus on the kids, the orphans. Uh, so some shit is happening. Going to happen. The second half of the series is better in some respects. It's worse than others, but it's, it gets better in the in the areas that the, this first half has lacked in. I think. I at least feel like things are moving. Yeah. Right. Like we're not fucking around looking for a moving lake anymore. Yeah. Right? So like, the white base grand tour, the yeah. first half is been, you know, the, as they circumvent the circumnavigate, the globe is coming to an end. And after that shit gets uh, a lot more interesting. Cool. Yeah. This is a good little, uh, good little batch episode. Still enjoying it though. Yeah. Cause we have so much more Gundam to watch. So You're going to be saying that for the next eight years. So much more. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's good. It's good. Um, I'm, I'm sad that we lost Matilda. I'm very sad that we lost Ryu, but I guess that kind of uh, gives this group of episodes a little more impact, mm-hmm. which is nice. It made me care about watching them. Yeah. You know, so I'm excited to see where we go next. You guys ever get curious about what we're up to in the rest of the week? I do. What are, what are we up to? A lot of sleeping. Mostly. But this isn't all we do. <laughs> we sometimes eat. Uh, we only- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Now that you put it that way. Sean and I share a Twitch channel where we broadcast mostly space and retro games. Uh, if you are so inclined, please give us a follow at twitch.tv slash the voxelist. Uh, if you'd like to, you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the voxelist. You can follow me on Twitter at Justin meter and Sean, where can they follow you at the action boots? Because I need to SEO my name and at Sean Fitzgerald or Sean Fitz is taken kind of pisses me off. So at the action boots, we're also available on iTunes, which means you can rate the podcast there, which helps other people discover it. But we know that no one actually reads reviews. So yeah, instead, of- instead of writing a review, why don't you just tell us like in your own words, how terrible gun tank actually is. Yeah. How useless gun tank is. And we'd love to read your comments about how awful gun tank actually really is. Tell us about our least favorite mobile suit <laughs> and why it sucks. And as always, if you have questions, comments, concerns, corrections, other words that start with C, send an email to podcast at thevoxlist.com. And if you're feeling generous and would like to support the show, you can do so by making a small contribution over at anchor.fm slash three times faster. I promise I won't spend all the money on Chinese food. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it because you spent all the last podcast money on Chinese vases and we don't have room for them. You just hear that ding. Oh, God. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week for episodes 26 through 30.